Hi. Hello. Hey. How you doing? Seriously, Meredith? Sorry. <laughs> I just hear it in my head on a reel all the time now. So it just, just comes never out. goes away. Just always. I, I sometimes hear it in my sleep. Yeah. I still hear a fetal heart tones in my sleep. You know what I hear? Nothing. Welcome back to another episode of Wine About Birth Podcast. Oh. I totally forgot what we were doing. We are three <laughs> birth professionals and, and best, best friends. friends. <laughs> and we and are here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all glitter and rainbows. As we like to say, it's a lot more shit than giggles. Who are you, Kim? I don't know. You tell me. We're t- doing each other's lines. She's Kim Haynes, and she's a midwife at a busy birth center and also at a small home birth practice. She's <laughs> Jessica Jessica McKee. Jessica McKee. <laughs> I hope that's how my kids say your name one day. Jessima. Shekaka. Jessica. Jessica. Um, And she is a doula and a home birth midwife assistant. Wow. I don't know your line at all. No, you don't. don't. (laughs) Well, you're Meredith Route and you're a midwife at a small home birth practice. true. In Winchester, Virginia. I feel like I do any justice at all. I feel like I am starting to go crazy. I mean, things are like, I don't know. I'm just like over everything that's happening right now me too i'm like (laughs) me also as well april is getting really long and i'm just hoping that things are gonna get better in may fuck april april showers bring bring may flowers do they but what do may flowers bring warmer weather and the pandemic crises white people to kill all the indians (laughs) that's true (laughs) maybe that's what Oh my god. We have enough crises. (laughs) What is happening right now? This is what's happening. COVID is affecting, even though I am zero worried about because I love the whole herd immunity thing. (gasps) Anyway, just I'm I'm over it. My kids can't go anywhere. No one wants anyone playing with each other. We're just stuck. Yeah. We're stuck. I want to go to I want to go to Florida. Yeah, that sounds really nice. Yeah. I also want to do that. I want to escape. I do. My um, kids are getting tired of each other. They've literally been playing with each other <laughs> yeah. since this whole thing started. Well, as soon as this lady has her baby, I will be able to escape possibly. So we'll see what happens. I hope she doesn't go to 42 weeks as always happens when you want to go on vacation. That's probably what's going to happen. Who knows? That's how it goes. I don't it's, think she'll get Well, that it's not her first baby. So the likelihood is low. Yeah. As is the likelihood of you contracting COVID-19. Very true. Very true. Um... You know what else the likelihood is low of? Us getting paid what we're worth? Yeah, midwives <laughs> ever being appreciated by insurance companies and getting paid what they're freaking worth. Exactly. Yeah. The hospital gets paid so much money for doing they so... They do. Well, they do a they lot. They upcharge so insane. It's nuts They do a lot me. of work. So today what we're talking about, that there's a whole point to this. <laughs> is um, there? Because the I last feel, two seconds, there wasn't really a point I feel like the first just, five minutes. We just went way off track and we just started. Isn't that how we always mm-hmm. start things? Yeah, it's like I think Kim is over that though. I think she wants us to tighten up a little. Like bit. tighten up. You don't have to lose weight. Just bring it yeah. in. Tighten, tighten up like a don't. pelvic floor and a kegel. <laughs> I was Elevator s- style. I yeah. was gonna say a tiger, but that's cool too. <laughs> tight like a toy. toy like a toy guy. <laughs> a bong and a blitz. <laughs> Whatever you're doing when you do the sound, smoking a pancake, <laughs> smoking a, yeah, <laughs> I can't. Somehow you like when we when we laugh out loud. Yeah, you're, I guess you're turning it all the way down. No, I'm it's not. The best. It's, it's like a it's like um 
like a I tunnel. It's yeah. not. It's not. It's um, the way a baby me. hears the Doppler when we're listening to them. It's yeah. like a train no, down it's a not tunnel me. from far away. Because we have to record in places that are super loud and there's lots of noise in the background. I have to have like a filter on, and so it filters out certain noises. It's so cool. It's it's so like it filters out obnoxious noises like our laughter, like our laughter. <laughs> but it you sounds guys, like we have an audience, yeah, like one or two people. You guys had like gotten laughing. used to pulling away when you laughed, and that's why it does it because then your noise is actually. <laughs> You're doing it right now. Your pull away game <laughs> yeah. is weak. You pu- oh, your pull so, out just oh, like just like pull Chuck's out pull out game. Out game. Is so weak. <laughs> yeah, I mean, doesn't need to bless his heart. Yeah, bless his heart. He's listen. We're getting old, and he keeps doing <laughs> these things. <laughs> Where he's like forgetting shit. I don't know. Maybe some other reason. I totally thought this was going to be about sex. No, it's not going to be. But Chris and I have gotten to the point where he'll be like, where's my toboggan? And it's literally like on On his his head head. or wherever he just laid it down. I'm like, you are so pretty. And it just keeps happening. That's why the three of us have to live together when I'm old because I'm already like that. So there's really no hope. Well, he can't get Alzheimer's because if if anyone is, it's going to be me. And I'm going to live in this like happy oblivion bliss with you guys. Do that because then I'm going to have to like come to your nursing home and I'm going to have to try and like sing songs to you to get one of those like quick lucid moments. All you have to do is wake up and you're like, is that you? Jess, I remember yes. you. If It'll it, be like a notebook scenario, and then I'll just lay down next to you and die. <laughs> I'm not making light of all. Or we by can the way. just go to that cool village that's in Sweden or somewhere that's all for people with Alzheimer's, and it's designed for people just to wander around and live their best life. Did you see the movie Midsummer? Is that is that? I am sure not that's ever that, going to see that there? movie. I told my housemate, <laughs> I was like, you do not watch that movie because Jess saw it, and it sounds awful. It just sounds like an evil devil worshiping orgy movie. What is the Alzheimer's community? <laughs> to deal with that awful movie oh they kill off their old people in it oh i didn't know it was old people <laughs> okay y'all we really haven't talked about our topic we really backtrack so what we're talking about today is um what it's like trying to make money when you are a birth worker and not so much a in-hospital birth worker because i feel like they do get paid i don't I don't know if they necessarily get paid what they're worth, but comparatively, the way that insurance looks at out-of-hospital birth workers or doulas, it can be really hard for the people who are using midwives' uh, care and also us to make money we're worth and also what it goes into the money that we make because it's actually more than what mm-hmm. it seems on the outside. Yeah. Well, it's all political. I mean, if if insurance companies paid based on quality of care yeah. and making good quality care affordable to families we would be paid 100 percent. yeah because yeah. we're but so much not, more affordable than why is what uh, in hospital providers for are sure. charging but just like companies. any other aspect vaccines or i'm not even gonna get into it but it's all political well, it's it's just an agenda well it's so funny because especially with all this covid stuff going on we've had so many clients like personally reaching out to their insurance companies to try to get exceptions to get out of hospital care to stay out of the hospital and up until this point, whenever I've argued with insurance companies about getting in-network coverage as a CPM, they're always like, oh, it's a safety thing. It's a safety thing. And no matter how many stats you show them about our numbers and how safe out-of-hospital birth is bullshit. for low-risk women, there's, yeah. there's still, there's no, there's, it's never connected. But now I'm having conversations with insurance workers and now they're like all about safety around out-of-hospital birth. And it's like, why did it take a pandemic for us to be safe all of a sudden? Like y'all yeah. could have been covering our care 
this whole time for decades yeah and i've said before like this whole covid thing has increased out of hospital birth which is awesome however the hospitals themselves are just racing backwards i mean not allowing support people and c-section rates i have no backing to prove this but i guarantee they're on the fucking rise Mm -hmm. because no woman is going to do well laying on her back attached to a bed by herself in labor it's just not going to go well so there's increase in inductions they're separating moms and babies also just increased anxiety in general in people so they're getting less time like i i was reading on um evidence-based birth because they do weekly covid updates and they were saying that um birth hospital workers are already only giving about 30 percent of their time to their patients and that's decreased exponentially with the current situation because they're being told to go into rooms less to decrease the risk of transmission how can they go into i don't even know how that's possible the nurses already provide the care mm-hmm. the doctors literally mm-hmm. walk in when the head is visible. to be like oh let me then pull this car into the driveway after a 100 mile road trip yeah. like they don't do anything except for make the big decisions and yeah. the c-sections and the deliveries that's a lot but time wise the yeah. nurses are providing the time should we cut that out we'll feel no like, was that incorrect no, no i feel like no you're right i mean how many times have we time said to wise. our clients like we love our nurses because they we are the them. ones who give yeah. our clients their time and energy and, and even and even if the doctor is absolutely freaking amazing they still they're don't still have, not they're there not, yeah, for they're more not than present. a small percent of the time yeah. that's my point and so that's also talking about like when when we compare how much um doctors make to how much cnms make in the hospital to how much cpms are making out of hospital there's a really big disparity in that despite the amount of time that cpms are giving to their clients yeah and so i wanted to talk a little bit about that so for people who hear the fee of an out-of-hospital midwife um what exactly goes into because you might just hear our fee and be like oh that seems like a lot of money because you only see us oh we do an hour appointment um you know in the beginning once a month and then after that it's every two weeks and then after that it's an hour appointment it ends up being somewhere between if they're if you're doing hour visits and someone's with you for the entirety of their care and ends up being typically between 10 and 14 visits mm-hmm. so you're looking at 10 to 14 hours of face-to-face and that's time. just prenatal mm-hmm. care that's not even postpartum visits right so if and you're going to compare that to the average which the average is six minutes per visit for an in-hospital provider mm-hmm. that's one hour of care for your entire pregnancy versus 10 to 14 hours of care. Yeah. And I don't know this 100% for sure, but I'm pretty sure like with my billing company, what we charge insurance for a visit is comparable to what they're charging in hospital for prenatal care. So basically we're charging the same amount for a visit, an hour to an hour and a half long visit that is being Compared charged. Compared to a six minute a six, visit. Yeah. Well, technically a 15 minute visit if you're oh. going to charge it, but FaceTime is generally about six minutes. So you can already see like the huge difference in the amount of time. And like Meredith said, that doesn't count your, the birth time that the midwife is actually Mm -hmm. with you the whole time. So, but then it's like a a person might look at it and be like, okay, so that was about 14 hours in prenatal care. And then like some people are going to have a 40 hour long birth and some people are going to have a two hour long birth. And what mean we might end up being there six hours. And so it might look like it's a lot of money for the amount of hours that we're spending. But then it's like, you look at the in hospital providers and even if you have a 40 hour birth, you're only in the room for if, if 30% of the time, yeah. If not. And then when you look at 
I like to talk about the difference because it's not just the actual hours we're spending with our clients, but also the difference in um, like being on call, which is a huge thing. And it's like when a, a hospital provider has a schedule and when they're on call, they're on call for a 24 hour shift or a 12 hour, or a 12 hour, 12 hour shift, depending on and, and they have a room that they can go sleep in while the nurses are taking care of the moms yeah in our pra- in our practice i mean for a long time you guys have been on call every day of your life all day still go actually that's not true i'm technically off call t- no i'm not called today no we're on Dang call it. oh that's right because yep. our moms do we got that late to Dang client it. we got that late to care client not gonna happen. um and then like then you have Kim finally got to the point where she's getting half time. It's call. glorious. Yeah. But with half time comes half pay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which I anticipated and I, you know, I just, I got to the point where it was worth it to me to be half time to, and make half pay. I'll just have to find other ways yeah, to make money. Yeah, because you needed to have time for yourself. I needed it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's worth it. But yeah, with half, with half time comes half pay and that kind of sucks. Yeah. And so we're not getting paid extra so if you go into labor at 38 weeks and we've only been on call for a week, we're not getting paid extra if we were on call for a week versus if we were on call till you went to 42 weeks and we were on call for five weeks. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when people see the amount of time we actually put into it to be on call for somebody, it's like... We don't get paid for the emails or the texts or the phone calls. And this is not a complaint. This is just... No. This is just our, our it's life. It's reality. And, and part of what our job is. And we so. all get texts daily. Like, it's a constant. Yeah. Constant and I find that with hospital providers, underneath. you don't have that. Like, you don't have a person that you have that relationship with where it's like, let me just send them a real quick text. Whereas for the most part with our clients, they they can call us or text us if they need something. And so it's like it is extra time that we take away from our families when we're off. We're not just off. The problem, I don't think, is it's not the fee, which midwives in this area, it's anywhere from 43 to 55, I think. Um, I'm not really sure, but it's not it's not the problem with, say, it's five thousand dollars. If you compare that to the hospital care for the same thing for the prenatal for the delivery and the postpartum you're looking at twenty thousand dollars and i have been i have said midwife has said on facebook that's not true like here's my daughter's um delivery fee but yeah that's your daughter like she probably got cut a deal of some sort and if not i my birth with chris was ten thousand dollars and that's 24 years ago so i fail to believe Mm -mm. that you can have a hospital birth that you're paying for your prenatal care yes your birth usually they break it down so that the prenatal care is not even involved in it it's just when you get your bill you paid for the prenatal care separately. And right. It's just your bill for your birth. That's true. The $12,000 is just the birth. Whereas alone. our bill includes prenatal care and your birth and your postpartum. And I could be wrong. And I'm sure we'll get an email no, from, that says, hey, actually, I, here's what my bill was. But last, I'm, I'd be interested in the seeing that. The last stats I read, I think, because I was just researching for a friend who's looking to have a baby. I think the average still is 12000 for a vaginal birth and up to 30000 for a C-section. And that's just the birth. Right. Yeah. That has nothing to do with the rest of your care. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, how could it possibly count be that much? But then you know that they're charging hundreds of dollars for lactated ringers. And oh, my God, up. I can't. Mm-hmm. So so when you step back and look at the actual price, like forty five hundred dollars is nothing. 
the problem is insurance companies are. Mm-hmm. But when you look at, so just stepping back and looking how like we've been trying to do things at, at Premier. So being in network, that is great for the moms of the community, but it doesn't help us I was just about to bring this at up, all. Yeah. So if, when you're in network with someone, it means the mom is going to pay less, but the insurance company is going to pay us less. So it, it becomes really hard. I mean, they're only paying about 2,500 on average, right? Would you it's, say? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I have nothing to do with the billing, but it is, it's like half our fee thing. or something. But then sometimes it doesn't, the client doesn't even actually pay less depending on their deductible. They might pay the exact same out of pocket well, or more yeah. and but a then lot it, of them will it, it just goes towards go. their deductible right, right. and, and it, i can't i mean so many times when i first started that was like one of the most important things i said to them was like you will get a bill if you haven't met your deductible for four thousand dollars from your from your for your hospital birth and you just have to be prepared for that and like just know that that's going to happen because so many people don't realize how their deductible works so then step back and look at what you're paying your midwife, say Meredith, you, um, 4,300 to 4,700, depending on what kind of care that mm-hmm. they choose. Um, meaning like if they want home, home visits, visits versus home or in the, right. in the office. So if you want to give that like phenomenal care that you give, you can't take a bunch of clients, right? So say you take one client a month, mm-hmm. you're looking at making less than average for an income a year. So we can't even go and take <laughs> on as many clients as we want because then you're not getting the care that you deserve. So, you know, you're paying for a midwife to give you that undivided attention. And even at Premier, we are are much busier number-wise than you would be like home birth Mm -hmm. that we are with the home birth practice. But we still, like, we have to split call time because the amount of calls and emails and all that is such that no one person can handle it. Yeah, and something that's kind of blowing my mind too is like now that I'm a small business owner and like doing all my own finances, I knew that it was going to take time for me to do all the paperwork and get all everything like our policies and procedures and all of our informed consent documents together. But that's all time that like I've allotted a little bit of money aside for to pay myself. But like in reality, I'm getting paid nothing for the hours I put in for all of that administrative work. And so um, those are just like things that like you learn as you go. It's like, wow, these are things that like other people are getting paid for at a much higher rate, but because of the, or the amount that we feel comfortable asking for out of pocket, we aren't getting or that they don't that even of, have to do right, a person like even a midwife who goes to work at a hospital, that stuff's already done mm-hmm. for them. And that's also what's included in like when it comes to our overhead as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to work for the hospital, the hospital supplies you with all of your, all your equipment, your yeah. meds, your stuff. Like I was shocked we by have how, much to, I actu- how little I actually made in the first year of owning Linden Tree, just yeah. my own income because of the cost of, and I know that's like normal for any small business. Like I hear yeah. that, but I definitely thought I was going to be able to have more as a midwife within the practice considering my overhead is so low. But even with my low overhead, I really didn't make nearly as much as I deserve in my yeah. year practice. <laughs> Does anyone? No. No. <laughs> but I was shocked. I mean, I was really blown but away. But it's, it's hard because it's such a like, it's you went to school for such a long time and it's a specialized mm-hmm. practice and you still come away yeah, like if people making have to barely anything. Debt, I don't understand how, like I would never, I don't no. think I ever could have gone oh the my God, I did I still if I had have, to pay off my student debt. I have $60,000 worth of debt to pay off. Like how am I From supposed st- to? And student it, loan debt, right? Yes. Yeah. And it sounds for midwifery school, just for midwifery school. So, and it sounds like we're bitching and complaining and we kind of are. But this just this goes to show for like birth workers. Right. Also. But if you hire a midwife, like all of the amazing 
home birth midwives here in the Shenandoah Valley, anyone that you hire, like they're doing this because they're passionate and yeah. they love it. Mm-hmm. I've we had always people say that say we don't t- do this because the, we want the money. <laughs> no, and I've had people say to me like, oh my God, how do you live with yourself? Like you're charging how much? And I'm like, are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Like this is, by the time you're done with your overhead or if you, like Linden Tree has to pay for the nurse and the midwife, like by the time- and I. I care about my coworkers. Like I want to pay people with their worth. So for me, and it's you do, and I, I thank you for that. Paying more, yeah. and thank you. Less. <laughs> not, not everyone does that, as we talked about in our preceptor episode and other things. Like people just expect free labor to pay people, pay their midwives, not with their worth, and it's yeah. like it's really hard it's to like we operate get out of that. that message so hard from insurance companies and clients who don't hire us because of finances. It's really hard to get that same message from and people within our own like middle community birth community. It's really hard to, to also like try to move forward and become in network. I will. I when just, you're not making any money. No, I just mm-hmm. don't see, I don't see Linden tree yeah. ever like hiring a CNM to do that. And I could be wrong, but it's not worth well, it. Cause to then us. you have to do malpractice yeah there's which, a lot you have to do which with is insane like i don't even know i we would have to sit down and do some serious math about how many clients we would have to have a month in order to even afford no thanks insurance. i don't want to be in network and and i yeah. know that that sounds horrible because then it's not inclusive like if i had to pay five thousand dollars for a midwife right now i wouldn't do it i would go to the hospital because i don't have five thousand well, you also want to plan c-section for any future children you have well so. i'm just yes that's <laughs> no i just yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't have you changed imagine. your mind <laughs> well I thought about it and I was like well if I could get an epidural but that doesn't change the fact that my entire vagina will fall off onto the floor so yes. you're not making birth sound really great for all your clients out there I'm, she I was has a, five she can tap out well, I'm a, a grand it's a, thing, it's a good thing that you think that you might be starting menopause and you keep having hot flashes oh at inopportune times I have them at the worst times like I'll say something and then I'll have like this hot flash and then people look at me like I'm embarrassed about what I said and I'm like I'm not embarrassed I'm just in Kim, pre-menopause. Kim does not embarrass. You just need a shirt that says, I'm not embarrassed. It's a hot I'm in, flash. Yeah. I'm in menopause, not embarrassed. <laughs> but the point is like we... We want to take like take Medicaid and we want to help all women of all financial situations, but we, we cannot yeah. because then we cannot live. And I've already been, you know, not able to afford groceries and I am not willing that to go back there. That was not a fun chapter of life. Was that not. was horrible. That was so bad. You guys at Premier all chipped in, you and Katie and Jesse, and you bought me a gift card yeah, for once. Food Lion. <laughs> No, that one time that was so I so. But at the same it. time, you were like pro- providing this you amazing were working care all to the people. time. Yeah, you weren't at home with your family, mm-hmm. and like you could not. That was when it was just us. So we were working groceries. all the time. Yeah, like. Yeah. Th- but that just and I'm not the only midwife that can't afford to buy food. Like we're doing this because we love it, but it doesn't. It's not sustainable. Mm-mm. Which I think we've said again in other episodes. The burnout rate is about eight years. Yeah, and so one of my BFF midwives just went back to teaching after. eight years and I can see why she has a guaranteed paycheck every two weeks Mm -hmm. and no one's calling her in the middle of the night I took a break right for about a year and a half when I was still doing like prenatal not care because I wasn't working as a like a CPM or anything like that but I was doing like prenatal education doing home visits for people postpartum it was magical and it was a nine to five job and I was making so much money and I still left that to come back to midwifery and some days I'm like what was I thinking there's just something about birth work and there's so many times when I'm at a birth and I'm like slogging through those like middle parts where you're like 
when is when is this going to be over and when I'm like, does it end and i'm like why do i still do this <laughs> like i'm at i'm at year it's four, not for the big old paycheck afterwards. no i'm at year 14 i charged 500 dollars for my doula services for the first 10 years of yeah. practice i mean it really has only been i would say in the last five years that doula fees have jumped as yeah and so it's like i could i would take an entire month of my life for one client and if i only had one client that month i couldn't go anywhere yeah. and i'd make five hundred dollars yeah, and i had always given myself a limit of how many clients i could take so i had like i could make fifteen hundred dollars a month maximum when i was nothing. doing that and so now that i've raised my fees it's like some t- some months i'll have three clients and i'll make three thousand dollars in a month and then other months i'll have zero clients and so you have to spread that out Mm -hmm. over the entire year Mm -hmm. also so i've yeah i feel like we've been that little mask that you've been wearing for the covid it's over your face stop chewing on it sorry i thought to the purpose of a (laughs) mask she's literally wearing it right now (laughs) i'm just playing with it um I was going to say, oh, yeah. So I feel like we've been bitching a lot, but I do want to shout out to those moms who do come into our care, whether they have insurance or not, because they recognize the value of our care and there are willing to pay for it. There's a lot of people like that. Because we wouldn't exist if those moms weren't out there. And I think the fact that those women do value what we bring to the table is really important. And I wish more people talked about that. Yeah. And on the it other hand. It makes us feel so good when people even just say it, even if they can't afford it. If they just say, we realize you are worth this money. Like, even but on the other hand, like I made for me for for me what is a shit ton of money yeah. last year because I was again one of the well, only midwives at Premier. So I worked I essentially worked two midwives jobs. So I made two midwife salary. That's how I look at it. Yeah. I worked every week for prenatal care and I was on call for every birth and every postpartum. So you worked your ass off. I worked last so year. much mm-hmm. and it was worth it. And I took that money and I used most of it to pay off the debt I had accrued for those first couple of years as a yeah. midwife. So much fucking debt. I put everything on credit cards because I couldn't afford food. I remember when you were like in that phase where you were texting us every week how much debt you paid off that week and we'd be like I'm still doing it. I'm like I'm so close. I'm so close but there are women out there that totally like I I would never ever use an OB for care. Never fucking ever. But again if I had to hand $5,000 over I could not do it. So there are even midwives out there who cannot afford midwifery care. Obviously we should be helping each other out but i'm just saying like there are women out there that value our care but can not afford mm-hmm. it and i just think that's and, awful and i think like a call to action in all of this too is like for those moms who want out of hospital and free care but can't afford it then we need to hold insurance companies accountable for reimbursing more for out of hospital care when i took medicaid which are the like a lot yeah. of moms are on medicaid and i think that there's nothing it's fine great but my fee was $4,000 at the time and they paid me $1,400. Mm-hmm. That yeah. didn't even cover my supplies, my birth assistant. Like, yeah. how am I supposed to do to offer these women care? And I even charged a little extra for uncovered, uh, un, unpaid fees. Mm-hmm. Well, I think just it because comes, I had to, but it up, still though. doesn't I think make it, it comes up. down to is that society does not appreciate what we do, but it's not even just a problem for us as the workers. It's also a problem for the people who are having babies, like the amount of money and the amount like that, that birth is such a business. Um, it's like, it's hard for people having babies and it's hard for the people trying to provide that care because there's not a lot of like respect 
for that. Um, and look at Haley's story. Like when she was talking about, you know, she's in Canada. Yeah. And she was using a midwife and then she could choose where she gave birth. Oh my like, gosh. What a beautiful thing. She didn't thing. have to pay for her birth. And and honestly, her taxes in Canada. I was going to say, we were are just not, talking we're, about this. They're not that much higher, higher than, than what we have here. Yeah. She didn't have to pay for her birth. She doesn't have to pay for a lot of things. And then it's like. Like considering the taxes we pay in the states, there's no reason. Oh why my we god! Not and then and then her care. midwife and labor was like, "Oh yeah, you can either decide to stay home or you can decide to stay into the hospital." There is this, there is that culture of respect for the laboring mom and also for the midwives and everyone. Like it's like you work together to show respect for that because people shouldn't have to go into debt because they get pregnant. No, and I don't want to. You know, people and I'm not. I am not a political person you know, socialist versus whatever we were talking about this last week. I'm clueless. However, I paid state taxes, town taxes, and county taxes. Yeah. You can't tell me all those taxes added up or any more than what people like Haley are paying. And then we pay sales taxes, and then mm-hmm. we pay property taxes on the, the property that we paid sales tax for. We get taxed out of our asses. Even mm-hmm. when I paid my car off, I was like, woo woo, why am I getting a bill? <laughs> like, <laughs> congratulations for paying off your car. Now you will pay taxes on this vehicle that you own outright. Fuck you, government. We should probably take that out. No, or don't. I'm going to be dead tomorrow. <laughs> like you guys are don't. going to find me floating in the that Shenandoah River. So happy. We'll find well, you a little. Creep. It won't make her heart happy if you <laughs> die tomorrow. No, that wouldn't make my heart happy at all. I'm afraid to say half the stuff I think because all these people are like out there voicing their opinions and then they get like shot oddly by a stray bullet at a concert or something Honey, you don't leave your house you'll be fine there's a reason i don't leave my house <laughs> the world is going nice if somebody wants to come up to your your house on the hill right now and try to come at you and like to see them try the world they is- have to cross the moat they have to get past chuck they would have to get past chuck i'm pretty sure can we just make a nest in the trees up in the hill and we'll watch the whole world burn mm, yes that's awesome. what there's a song about that yeah. it's got to be a really big nest because there's a couple people i want to bring with me <laughs> we'll watch the world die well um, it's we time time-wise? to go to our break and then when we come back we will chat a little bit more about this and do our birth story of the week yes yeah. we will go on a break cue the music Oh, yeah. So today's sponsor for our episode is actually us. We have big goals in mind with our podcast, and we are trying to reach a wider audience. In order to do this, we are launching a Patreon account. If you don't know what a Patreon account is, it is an avenue for people to become patrons of our podcast. There'll be three levels of support that you can give us and you'll have special offers available only to patrons. One of the goals that we're trying to accomplish with this account is to reach the deaf community. In order to do this, we've been trying to videotape every single one of our episodes and give closed captioning so that our deaf audience can also enjoy the podcast. We found this to be a lot more difficult than we thought it would be, and we need professional help. So if you would like to help us in this endeavor to be able to hire someone to do our closed captioning and reach the deaf community, check out our Patreon account. It will be full of fun offers available just to patrons. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, and we look forward to entertaining you for a long time. Back to the episode. Welcome back from that delightful break. <laughs> so much fun. Pee break. There are some things that, that are always the same. For example, when you do the, um, the, um, 
whoever's sponsoring us, Spit you it always out. go, oh yeah, when the music comes yeah. on. Oh, yeah. And then every time it. we come That's back. everyone thinks your voice is so sexy. You say, welcome back. <laughs> you really are. Welcome like you are back. the queen of the podcast. <laughs> Thanks I'll for keeping that. us. Okay. She's the queen, but I have a story that I want to start with. Yeah, do it. So when I was a new midwife, um, I got into an altercation on one of those oh so great Facebook groups where people can say things to your not face that they would never say to your actual face. Yes. Those Facebook groups are toxic. I wait for people to say stuff to my face. I love confrontation. I it love never how people happens. are always off put by how direct and honest you are with yeah, them. Yeah, because they never <laughs> expect people to do that. Like but they always the expect deal? people to pussyfoot around everything. Yeah. And when you're just like, blah, 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 Especially, they're like, even they're like back away slowly. She's different from everyone else. Yeah. Warning, like, hmm, warning. Like, Tell me more about how you feel. And we'll talk about it rationally. And they're like, wait, what? I have to back up what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I just wanted to attack you with my emotions that don't make sense. And for you to just be like, ah. No, that is not I've been a on Facebook. I'm making a really hard so eye many. contact with Kim right now and she's not looking at me. I'm looking at you now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I um, made a comment about um, how midwifery is a business. Being yeah. a midwife is a business. That Fortunately, was, with the way our economy and our culture is, everything is a business. Yes, but that was... It's a business and a passion. It was a mistake. I was attacked like I, don't, I couldn't think of a do you know who the say. person was no was it a rando rando midwife older oh and um she was like you literally said to me i'm sorry she didn't say anything to me she typed she, to she you literally typed to me from behind the safety of her computer you should be ashamed of yourself how dare you call midwifery a business it is a passion I don't know how people are even hiring you. You should be serving every one of these poor moms for free. That is your duty. And I'm like, huh. I would love to hear what she does as a midwife. Then how is, first of all, are you married? I didn't think so. Secondly, do you have a house? Do like, you afford food? <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so either. Or you are married and he, and he or she makes a shit ton of daddy. money. Anyway, I just was like, listen, I have to pay my bills too. Who's supposed to do that for me? You, you are, you are an abomination. She just wait. She didn't offer any. No, she just wanted to unload on me. And so what I was, ironically, she called you an abomination. She called me a lot of things. I've never seen this conversation. Well, did she call you an abominable snowman? That's all I could think of. No, but that's all I could think of was like (laughs) Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. I wish you'd send her a gif of the abominable snowman. I should have done that <laughs> with a steth- with a fetoscope on. <laughs> yeah. But usually, what I do is that I like I'll I'll respond one time, and then I just you don't get drawn into that. No, I just go away. And then what if I do go back a day later and look? There's all these like you're a fucking gaslighter. You're a this, and I'm like, wow, you people are really bored. You know, there's some people out there that have nothing better to fucking do than bother other humans. And it's usually those of us who are happy and fuck you all. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> but where was I? Well, I digress. True. It's the same thing as what we said in our mom shaming episode. It's like the people that are miserable are the people that are out there picking apart every other person's life because they want people to be miserable like them. Yeah. And it's the people but that are happy that are just like, to be miserable. we don't <laughs> give a shit what you're doing. Like I I'm doing care. me. And you can't make us miserable. We've all been through enough things in life that if we were going to be miserable, we would have been there by it now. Would, it would, yes. So this person was very, so anyway, the point was there are people out there, midwives included, that don't feel that we are worth 
what we are worth. And it's so funny because Dr. D at Active Health one day looked at me and he goes, you know, one day you're going to realize what you're worth and you're going to ask for it. And he turned around and walked away. And now I'm and like, then you're going to come here and get regular adjustments. That part did not happen. Because not yet. It's, not I, yet. Sh- I should, I should be there three times a week, but I Everybody suck. should. I suck at self care, but he was right. Like as the years went by, I started to slowly build confidence in myself and realize that I was right in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Midwifery is a business. You can't do things like midwifery that literally take 24 hours a day, seven days a week of your time and mm-hmm. not charge for I would if I hit the lottery, I would work because for free. It's also like super hard to have another job and be a midwife or doula because we have to be available to be on call. So if I, cause it's there, impossible. Was, there was a point in time this winter when me and Meredith were like very not yeah. busy and we were like, let's go get jobs as bartenders together so we can make some money. Oh my God. That would be so but much it was fun. Like, it would be so much fun. But at, it's, a, you we still had just enough clients that I was like, mm-hmm. we can't do that because if we're in the middle of our bar shift serving people beer and someone calls and says they're in labor, the bar owner is not going to give a shit if we're like, sorry, there's the baby coming. Cause I'll never, sorry. No, go. Um, I tried to do that when I was working as a student midwife. I had a job as a um, waitress at a restaurant. At the Little Grill. Yeah, my home from away from home. And I'll never get this. Like, I got in trouble so many times, but people were, I mean, like, they were family in the sense that, like, they weren't actual biological family, but they were my chosen family. And they were so supportive what I was doing, but they are like, Meredith, if you are late to work or lo- lose a sh- or leave a shift one more time, we're going to have to fire you because, like, we can't give you any special treatment. And I was like, I know. You've already given me so much. Thank you so much. And so there was this one shift that me and Alice were out of birth for, like, two days. Hey, Alice, Alice we love you. We love you. soul sisters. Release the piriformis. Release it. And she, um, yeah. I so just she- want to touch her piriformis because she's so hot. Hot. so hot i have touched it i know you've been all over i was supposed to touch it but i had to go to birth <laughs> but, <laughs> but i was um, at a birth so she was a doula at this birth and i was a birth assistant and we were up for two days with this mom and she finally had her baby at three in the morning and i had let me see how i think either i think i had the opening shift at 6 a.m and then she had the closing shift that started at like two maybe oh, man and so we were like Okay, here's what we're going to do. Oh, no, no, no. Maybe I just had the opening shift at six. She was like, you go you go work for a couple hours. I'll come in and I'll go home and sleep for a couple hours. And then I'll come in and finish your shift for you. And that's just like the shit we had to do as birth yeah. workers to help each other out. What's because gonna we were going to be able to have another job if we didn't do that. And so, you guys weren't getting paid to be students. So it was like you either had I to. I was technically getting paid as a birth assistant, but it, was oh, not okay. enough, it wasn't a livable wage. It wasn't enough to live on. No. So on that note, like on the same on the same note, now that I'm half time, people would say to me like, so just make your husband work. Well, Mm. since we had our kids together, you know, 14 plus years ago, we decided that it was our job to raise our kids. We did not want our kids going to daycare. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but we didn't want to hire that there's anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with it, but we wanted, we wanted to raise our own kids and we don't have family available to you know like because they work you know yeah. or they're yeah. not they don't live here your family's so, not in the state no my family's not i have no family here i have my chosen family chuck has his family but they all work like normal humans so people are like well just make your husband get a full-time job then like the rest of the world when is he supposed to work like find me a job that he, he can has work a job he's a stay-at-home dad right so find something that makes money every other week of the month like that's yeah. not a thing yeah so he is trying his best to do what he can to bring in extra money but now that i'm down to 
to have time. No one's going to hire someone for every other week. That's a joke. So it's really hard. Like midwifery, as we've said before, it's a life choice it's a whole life like livelihood it's not just like a job it never ends and you really can't supplement because even if you i've even looked at like tele or even before all this like um telecommuting jobs and you have still have to be in in certain meetings certain hours of every day so like and even then you have to show up even more because you only are available a certain time for being available on these group calls so it's rough would sex work be inappropriate <laughs> when are we gonna have time <laughs> i know we usually we already work at night but there are some daytime oh, no, lady of the night yes we could be. we could be the lady of the day services <laughs> i keep i have tried to talk chuck into pimping himself out like he'd be really go, good at it do it people would hire you just to you know escort them to fishing or something just, just open a massage parlor in harrisonburg <laughs> there already is one it's really sketchy it's over by the gas station that's why oh, is that what you're that? <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> every time se- i look at that place i'm like how is we're that not, open we're not sex workers we're massage therapists and we're <laughs> Without, only open with- from 10 p.m to 5 a.m and we don't actually and have we don't licenses have any windows but we get we're here so it's hard it's hard to make money as a midwife and it's hard to supplement and it's hard for your partner to have a job if they're the ones that are on call for you if you have a mom or a sister that's available that's freaking awesome i don't have that so you know chuck can only work every other week he can't go he's like what do you want me to do get a job and then tell them i have to leave and i I do think that's an important (laughs) thing that we haven't mentioned before we do our birth story of the week is that there's so many people that do want to go into birth work but because of the amount of money that we do make and i find that especially with doulas they're like i need to charge this much money because if i get called to a birth i also need to pay Pay for child care care. and so it's like if i leave for 10 hours and go to a birth and have to pay child care for that and it's a nanny who can just work whenever it's not most daycare it's like someone who actually answers their phone in the middle of the night which is yeah and it's for think it's so difficult and daycare most daycare places want you to pay for like a certain amount of hours a week whether you use them or not and so it just cancels out the money that you already made so i've been able to do it for a long time because my mom is super flexible and she can always take my kids my husband's self-employed so if there's not anyone else then he can usually take my kids and i have like a couple neighbors where if there's like he can take your kids he can take our kids (laughs) and i i mean and now i mean i have you guys in case of an emergency i have like neighbors where if like my mom can't be there for two hours i can be like can the girl stay with you for two hours but if it wasn't for the fact that i had such a good support system there'd be no way that i could have done this and made any money and midwifery is typically a one out of two partner income so yeah most midwives don't make enough to just Mm -hmm. support the entire family i did last year but i at the very close cost of my mental health (laughs) uh let's just be honest (laughs) at the cost of your at the cost of your mental health (laughs) yeah but i'm fine now yeah that's what (laughs) that's what everyone says let me pull the mic away i'm totally fine (laughs) as she as she rocks in the corner starts drooling I'm drinking a Blue Moon iced coffee blonde, and it's delicious. I just want to point that Have out right now. It? Good it's, for you. I've not tried it's it. Interesting. It's interesting. It's delicious. I think it's time to go to our birth story of the week. Yay. This is another person that sent in their birth story as a result of our birth trauma. 
um podcast and I, I really feel like the birth trauma podcast like brought up a lot of emotions and I just want to remind people if you want us to send to send us your birth stories um please send them we would also love like a lot of people are sending their birth stories due to the birth trauma because people need to tell those stories we would also love to hear your happy birth stories that did not resu- result in trauma. Yeah. And for those of you who are still walking around with birth trauma, or maybe your birth didn't go just the way you want it, write it down. There is yes. just something so freeing um, when you actually get those words down onto paper. Or if you type them, you get out so much. It's a great way of processing. Um, so today's birth story, I'm just going to start. I'm just going to dive in like, like a, a muff. muff. I love how you guys are just like always right on it when I say that. I love diving into a muff. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Muffin with chocolate chips and Uh, whipped cream. Blueberries all the way. All day long. I don't. I'm I'm not a big muffin person. You don't like muffins? Weird. That's like not having a soul. What do you like more? Chocolate eclairs that are filled with some kind of weird white cream? No, I'm not a chocolate eclair person either. I do love a really good Italian sausage though. And crab legs. Oh my God. We just made Italian sausage the other night. It was good, wasn't it? It's was delicious. <laughs> so good. So good. So good. Okay. Let's that was two different songs. We, dig- <laughs> we digress. Let's get back what to the birth story of the week. All right. So she starts out with, I love your podcast and I'm so grateful it came into my life at the perfect time in my postpartum journey Aww. when I was working through my own birth trauma. Welcome Thanks to for the working podcast. On your work. I love that you are here listening to us. Yes. Without and you, we wouldn't have a podcast. Yes. Hopefully, at some point in time, we can meet you at one of our live shows. <laughs> I, after after, after coronavirus is over, when it's in, okay for people to be around in each other In 2030. Again. <laughs> yeah. After we've all been forced to receive some sort of fucked up vaccine and deemed safe by the government to go back into public. <gasps> Sorry. Go on. Yeah, I you know, so walk around with my, vaccine. I'll just walk yet. around with my hands in the air at all times. And I'm going to grow. I'm going to grow one of those tiny mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining you like a little comb, a like tiny a mustache oh that gosh. goes straight down and onto onto my lip. I could probably, I could probably pull that, that would off. Take too long. <laughs> you anyway, might be able to pull it off. Tell you us what this lovely lady says. That was says. a very big digression. Um, during my third trimester ultrasound, my baby was measuring in the 88th percentile. I am five feet Pretty tall. <laughs> I am five foot tall, so I was unsure how this baby would fit much longer. So I just want to talked about the ultrasound. No, we've talked about it so many so times, many but I feel like the more we talk about it, it's like it's like one of those things like you hear it one time, just you don't listen to it. it. Hammer you it hear home. it another time. You're also, like, maybe you hear it a third time. And I feel like they're hearing the opposite so many times from other people, yeah. which doesn't sound like happened to her. But also, I am five feet tall and my babies are over nine pounds. And they literally fly out of you. Which has nothing. <laughs> That's not a compliment. That has nothing to do with my vagina being the size of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> The point is, they fit. And I am five feet I don't two. think that's the reason why your vagina is the size of the Grand Canyon. Let's all be honest. Yeah. <laughs> let's be real. Speaking Go. of so much, out Chuck. So much so digression. Let's just, let's just say, when they give you an ultrasound, and they like do all the little measurements, and they say, your baby's in the 88th percentile. That is like, I know it sounds super specific, but it never is right. Never I mean, maybe every once in a while. More often than not, 
it's wrong. So just don't even pay attention. Human error plays a huge, yeah. huge role. There's other ways to measure your baby's growth or besides maybe, the ultrasound that are more accurate. Maybe your baby will weigh 10 pounds. But then it always ends up making all of this. That's okay. But then it always ends up making all this anxiety. Like, I know, how much longer is my baby going to fit? Have a trial of labor that will show you whether or not your baby will fit. Yes. I don't even like that term, trial of labor. Toll. Well, maybe it's like it, it like a, triggers my whole you, like for sure. you're going on trial. Let's see what happens if the jury deems that your pelvis is big enough for your what baby to fit through your vagina. Proven, a proven pelvis. <laughs> your pelvis is proven. Yeah. Okay, we might have to start this story over again. Sorry. Okay, so she her baby is measuring in the 88th percentile. I'm five feet tall, so I was unsure how this baby would fit much longer. I had an amazing team of midwives who reassured me these measurements are often inaccurate. Thank you. Cheers. And can change a lot in the weeks to come. Jumped to week 39. I was huge and had inconsistent contractions for weeks. I had such bad acid reflux, I would wake up choking in the night. My labor was about 48 hours total. Uh, oh my god so awful i can't i cannot even imagine it so sorry it was a friday night at 9 p.m when i was finally having consistent contractions until sunday at 1 a.m when my midwife came to check me she had told me i was two centimeters dilated and i remember feeling so disappointed that i just want to talk about that real quick because we do have some time like i talk about this with my clients a lot like how not just checking. I just think how dilation fine. doesn't always yeah. give you an indication of where you're at. And it might have for her, but just yeah. how like because I talk so much about the hormones of labor and just how much like if you that can take the wind out of your sails or whatever mm-hmm. and just make you feel like, oh, my God. And I understand mm-hmm. it. Like finding out after you've done so much work, you're two centimeters, which means I have eight centimeters left to go before I can even push. Yeah. It's super, super hard, but it doesn't always mean Something. something yeah i always admire the clients who like want to be checked so that the provider knows how best to move forward but doesn't necessarily need to know like that doesn't happen often but when that does happen i'm like go those you are, those are my yeah. favorite births yeah like, I'm like yes i will information, but like thanks for not letting it affect your emotional state also yeah <laughs> so awesome um so she said she, she's two centimeters dilated. She remembers feeling so disappointed. I was exhausted but could not sleep. At 10 a.m., my contractions were getting stronger, but were still only four minutes apart. We met my midwife at the hospital where she checked me again, and I was still only two and a half centimeters dilated. Uh, dang it. However, we were surprised to learn that my water had broke and I hadn't even noticed. She gave me two options now that my water had broke. One, continue to labor at home. Two, an epidural and induction to get things moving along. I was feeling defeated and exhausted already. I said, give me the epidural. I'm not going home. Um, and I feel like that happens a lot. I feel like that happens too, even with people who go into the hospital, which is part of the reason why I really like when people have doulas. If you go into the hospital earlier than you need to and you find you out you you're still leave. in early labor or whatever, you don't want to leave. Like mm-hmm. your brain's already attached to the idea of like nope it's time to have this baby i'm at the hospital now and it's so so hard i'm not like taking away from that it's so so hard mentally it's so hard and sometimes you have access to those tools of course you want and sometimes miserable sometimes an epidural is a great tool that gives you that vaginal birth that you wanted yeah that's very true anyway i don't know how she if you can finally get that sleep and i don't remember how this story ended so we're just going through this not knowing what's actually going to happen um 
She said, I had a great partner, nurse, and doula through my experience. However, at this point, I now had a male on-call OBGYN become part of my birth team due to the induction. He flat out said that because my baby is big and I am small, I'll probably need a C-section, so I should prepare for that. Great. <laughs> Can we take a fuck you break? Yeah. yeah. Can we also talk about what doctor we think this Brought is? Brought to you by Wine About Birth. Fuck is, you. This is Moving not, on. This is not from anywhere near us. Oh, okay. By around 6.30 p.m., my midwife checked me, and I was 10 centimeters dilated. Yay! Which is part of the reason why it's like she labored all night and couldn't sleep and went from two to two and a half. And then usually it goes a lot faster after a certain point. So it's like, don't do that math in your head because it's Mm -hmm. always just going to mess you up. Oh, for sure. But that's amazing. Yeah. I don't remember how long I pushed, but it was definitely longer than an hour. Baby's heart rate Which was... A, no, she's a primate, right? Yeah, yeah super normal. Really normal for a primate. Baby's heart rate was a bit of a concern. And because she was face up, I was so exhausted pushing wasn't getting us anywhere. The OBGYN gave me two options. One C-section, two forceps. Ooh, they still use forceps there. Wow. How old is this baby? Not very Did old. They, I have so many questions. Did they do anything to turn the baby's position? Did they... Well, she had epidural, <laughs> so... Unless they were so many questions. stuff you can do, but... Well, at least he didn't go right to the C-section. Yeah. Usually they use vacuum extraction. I'm surprised they offered forceps. They're vacuum actually- extraction is, is, it depends on the station of the baby. Okay. My, yeah, but I, I haven't really heard of people using high forceps anymore. No, I have not either. This it's is not a really aggression, but they actually, um, I forget, it was an evidence-based birth article, I'm sorry, yeah, an evidence-based birth article that they're actually starting to recommend forceps in vacuum extraction to quicken second stage pushing because of the forced exhalation during covid jesus oh christ Lord. can you imagine i can't fucking even i can't a. even i can't even digress into God, that just don't go to the fucking hospital unless you <laughs> just, have to jesus. i'll just get so angry it won't even work okay I so, she said, that when I read so that. that's what the those are the two options the obg went gave her her midwife and doula gave her a third option keep pushing <laughs> Wow. I'll take that one. <laughs> I'll take keep pushing Option for $100. Three. I'll Alex. take door three, Alex, for the win. <laughs> yeah. Alex doesn't have doors. I know. Nope. I mixed up the... That's not the option she chose, That's though. not it. <laughs> Which I totally understand because I was also given those options when I was in labor the first time. And even though I knew I could have done it, I chose a vacuum extraction. <laughs> if you should read this story and figure out how it ends before we sit here and say all the wrong things. I'm just... We're not saying the wrong things because it's like no I understand. Decision. There's no wrong decision. And I understand uh, like the mental place that you're in when people are giving you those options, like yeah. it's something you have to do and you're so tired You've and you don't know how days. much longer it's going to be. There's literally no wrong. There's, there's no not. wrong decision. They're it's all hard. good decisions. And keep I pushing. Was, I didn't was, say you're was, making the wrong decision. I was saying, I think we were saying the wrong things. So. <laughs> I mean, what we think is better might not have been better for her, but let's see mm-hmm. what happened. We weighed all options. And after asking many questions, I decided forceps was what I wanted. There were too many people in the room to count. My partner, midwife, doula, nurse, OBGYN, anesthesiology, pediatrician, resident doctors, etc. etc. The OBGYN said he was going to use the forceps to push back in, turn her, and guide her out. All was well until her shoulder got stuck. Let's just say it was a massacre. My baby Ooh, that is a strong word. Oh, a very my strong God. Word. Which just show, goes to show how ugly it was to her. Yeah. My baby was perfect even after all she had been through and was on my chest breastfeeding right away. Wow. That's amazing. Tough little nugget. Shortly after, she was weighed at nine pounds. The OBGYN then repaired me for well over an hour. <gasps> oh, 
I was in shock from the pain, even with an epidural. He made comments about me not being in pain and it being just discomfort I was feeling. God, what the heck? Yeah, okay. I need you to write a strongly worded letter to this individual, please. It's so disgusting. I would like that things are going to change. Can we go back to, let's, let's have a quick fuck you break. Brought to yeah. you, <laughs> brought to you by one about up. birth. <laughs> they're no longer you. quick. They're adding For up. For God's sakes. That's um, horrible. You don't feel this. You're just making it yeah, up. Yeah, I had an episiotomy and fourth degree tear. I'd like to see him not complain while someone reconstructed his asshole. Let's just take a break to say that would never happen because this is why men don't give birth. Exactly. They can say you're just in discomfort while they're reconstructing your asshole. Meanwhile, But you know what? It might make this birth story for her go better if she got the chance to reconstruct this asshole's (laughs) asshole. And, and then she could that. say, you don't do feel this. <laughs> no. Let me put your balls in my hand and then I'll tell you how it doesn't hurt. If men were in charge of giving, ba- giving birth. I like, would not be a midwife. The, no, the, the race would have died out so many years ago that it wouldn't even be an option for us to be midwives because we wouldn't exist. We would not exist. Have y'all seen the video of the guys that they hook up the TENS unit to and mimic labor? Yes. For literally 15 minutes. Yeah. And they're like crying and sobbing on the floor and they look wrecked. I mean, it's why there's something called a man cold. But also like they... So Chuck cannot, he, he gets man colds too, but you could chop his arm off and he would not blink. He would not blink an eye. If I get a paper cut, I'm rolling on the ground it's like I'm different, dying. It's different kinds of tolerance. But internal, internal pain is just different for women. Yeah. And there's Anyway, I keep, keep going. Yeah. I, I just know that talking to men when it comes to like talking about being near their testicles or their asshole especially with medical things it's like a big no-go for them so yeah you're right he was wrong and i say that to every woman about everything ever you were right he was wrong all right the end um let's see the recovery was extremely painful i i feel your pain i had a episiotomy and a third degree tear and it was like hell so I can't even imagine what you went through. And I've seen some, I'm not even going to get into that. Yeah. Um, I asked my midwife how many stitches I had and was told there wasn't a number exactly. Pooping was almost more painful and terrifying than labor, but my baby was perfect. I suffered from PTSD for a while and was terrified for the OBGYN to do the 10-week post-op checkup to make sure I was healing okay. He was so insensitive about me sharing my triggers and trauma. He immediately asked what I was using for contraception. I replied, uh, I'm not ready for that yet. His response was, you shouldn't need contraception for the first six months anyway <gasps> if you're breastfeeding. <laughs> what, a, what a fucking idiot. I can't. <laughs> Which we can say that breastfeeding can delay ovulation for some women. But, but that's not, not all. But not, not all women. In any it's way, not shape, or form. And you always ovulate one time before your first period comes back. So and you have to be so consistent with your breastfeeding for it to be that effective. Yeah. And like I say to all my moms, if you wake up one day and your partner's looking really attractive, warning, warning, <laughs> you're warning. ovulating. This guy's a wanker. Sounds like I he's can, a I can, huge can wanker. This, right? But I know that is some bad slash insensitive advice. Yeah, we we back you on that. He also told me a fourth degree tear could probably happen again, so I could just plan for a C section next time. I've heard that so many so times. so many times. 
You had a fourth degree tear because you had forceps. And I'm also going to say, I know sharing my story with yours might be insensitive, but I had a, an episiotomy that tore into a third degree into my mucosa. And I was so scared to give birth again because I thought the scar tissue wouldn't tra- stretch. And I had just like a tiny first degree that didn't even need to be stitched with I my second baby. I don't think that's insensitive. I think that gives her, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's an example of, of how just because you tear once does not mean you'll no, tear again. does not mean it's going to happen again. And look at our mom and that I we had, just went to together who yeah. had that horrible tear and then a C-section due to her stupid OB's recommendation. Yeah. And we didn't have to suture her at all when yeah. she had her, next, her last and baby. And I had a butt ton of like scar tissue like on your butt literally literally a butt literally to to my butt yeah (laughs) it was not a pretty it was not pretty i'm glad everyone out there now knows what my vagina looked like we know what your asshole looked like so we might as well know what your vagina looks like too (laughs) um i'm sure it's beautiful Mm -hmm. it is beautiful i'm pretty sure it is beautiful now um she says my scar is still sore sometimes but my baby girl is now eight months and i'm almost fully healed Looking back, I have no regrets about my decisions. I am a warrior mama who feels a sense of pride when I share my story, which is so amazing. I, I love, love that it. a lot of our birth trauma stories have ended with these really powerful self-affirmations. Yeah, You're amazing. So amazing. To deal with a wanker like that and then come out on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go you. <laughs> she said come out on top I know, after so I really with the wanker. To That's why I made eye contact she with you also, when I said it. She also <laughs> ended with saying, also, I wouldn't have survived postpartum without my beluga baby wrap, so yeah ah. cheers to beluga baby yeah i Reduces also would not survive 40 percent yeah which just hearing your story makes me want to commit crime so maybe i should go put on a beluga yeah. baby wrap i'll go wrap her up and wear her for a bit she'll be all right yeah do you guys right like, i'm not gonna kill a doctor i'm not gonna kill a doctor <laughs> Ugh. kim can sarcastically pat her shoulder they're there they're there. Oh, they're and then there. she said, thank you for bringing light and laughter to my life during such a crazy time. Oh, you're Mama. welcome. Thanks you're for being welcome. hope to ours by being a badass. Yeah, thanks for being amazing and writing in. Every person that shares their story, because we have our experiences that we see, but everybody that shares their story from an experience outside of one that we were in, we still learn so much mm-hmm. from them, even though yeah. we see births all the time. And if you're someone who's listening and you have trauma and your story does not end that way, that is okay too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like just keep you don't going. Have to have closure keep, when you write no, in or share. no, you can write it now or you can just keep going with your processing. Like you can get there. Mm-hmm. But I do believe all you women are badass, badass, badass. <laughs> Even if you have not gotten to that point where you feel that way yet, like mm-hmm. to be you, able to make it through an experience like that. Period. Mm-hmm. Like. It takes so much strength. Even if your experience was awesome and you're having a hard time, like even just going through birth, having a baby, becoming a mother, like it's hard. You're a badass. Mm-hmm. So I think We're that we should that. end up our episode. To, let's let's cheers to all the badass moms out there. You are amazing. And cheers. cheers. Hey, Jess, can I borrow $5? Yeah, I totally can. Do you want a hundred? <laughs>